Hi, and welcome to the Frugal Debt-Free Life Podcast. I'm your host, Lydia Sin, and I am so excited to have you here today. We are all about keeping things real and honest and talking about money in a way that feels authentic and not at all judgy or shameful. My husband and I paid off $36,000 of debt in two years, and we made every single mistake that you could possibly make to find ourselves in debt to begin with. And I just want to have real conversations about what all of that is like. So if that interests you, come on. Today, I am excited to sit down with my friend, Jessie Fearon. She has written a new book called Getting Good With Money. It comes out soon. I got to read it over the summer and it is incredible. It's going to benefit so many people, but we're going to talk about money shame, money guilt, mom guilt, and what to do when you are so tired of frugal living and budgeting and pinching pennies that you just want to scream in the woods. Okay, so I am so excited to have my friend Jessie here. Jessie has a new book coming out. When is it coming out? It is coming out January 18th. So less than two weeks. When do pre-orders close? They close, I believe, on the 17th. Okay. And so right before. So if got, you want some pre-order bonuses, you got to get it now. <laughs> what are those bonuses? Um, they are, you get the access to the first two chapters immediately, as well as you get my, um, printable, um, financial tracker pack. It has, um, tracking sheets for your savings and debt payoff and your, um, your budgets and your, your paydays and, and all of that. Oh, that's awesome. I bet those are great because everything you do is wonderful. Now, Jesse and I have been online friends for like six years now. I got to read Jesse's book earlier this year and it's all about her and her husband's journey to get out of debt and she's just very real and very honest which we love around here um, but tell me tell me a little bit about your background when it comes to personal finance well my background is is that I have failed with money probably mm-hmm. more times than most as, people as um, but I also have an accounting degree so that's always a uh, real fun um, you know just a good old slice of humble pie um, but it was about goodness I think now it's eight years ago now that my husband and I we kind of had this breaking point moment where we realized that the money just wasn't enough the um the bills are piling up we were about to have our second child we were going to have two kids under the age of two so two sets of diapers and then formula for our youngest and if i went back to work that would mean we would have to be paying daycare Mm -hmm. for two kids under two and things were just really tough and really hard and um It was very common for me to have our debit and our credit card declined at the grocery store. So, um, and I have to, you know, depend on the good grace of someone else in the store who was willing to buy me groceries or I had to walk out without groceries. And it was really hard and really sad. And I kept feeling like, how can this be? You know, there's got to be a better way. Here it is. I have an accounting degree. How is it that I can manage other people's money, um, you know, for a big business, but yet I cannot manage my own. And my husband made just over $47,000 a year. I was a stay at home mom. And I just, for some reason in my gut, I knew that we could make it work. We can make the money work. I just didn't know how. Mm -hmm. And it took a lot of really hard and awkward conversations with my husband and a lot of sacrifice in order to make it happen. And um, we ended up making it happen. We are now 100% debt-free, which includes our mortgage. And my husband doesn't make much more than that $47,000 a year that he was making all those years ago. So your husband 
has since quit his job and y'all have started a business, right? Um, five years ago, he, um, he was working for this corporate company and it was just sucking the soul out mm-hmm. of him. It was, um, lots of management changes that happened. And so, um, it was just, it was becoming harder and harder for him. He was not happy. Um, and not just like happy in the sense of like, you know, we all have bad days at work, right. but it was just like, he wasn't, he was a shell of the man that I married, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. It was just eating away at him. And, um, it was actually a, a big moment that had happened where, um, we knew he needed to leave. We knew that it was time for him to move on and to leave this job. Just, we had a big moment that had happened with one of our kids. It was an emergency that had happened and they were being incredibly difficult about him leaving because he was actually working out of state at the time and they were being very difficult about it. And that was sort of the straw that broke the camel's back. And my husband at that point was like, I have to leave this job. It's, it's time that we get serious about me leaving the job and finding something else to go and do. And so we started from there preparing and saving and um, preparing for him to actually leave that job. The question I get a lot, probably once a week, Jesse, is from someone who is exhausted from budgeting and pinching pennies and frugal living. And they just say, you know, how do I keep going? I feel so exhausted. When will it ever end? What advice do you give to those people as someone who has been in the thick of it? When they have those, like, I can't do this anymore moments. Is to, one, I like to set up a sinking fund where it's just, it's just fun money, just blow money that you can just go and decide, hey, you know what, I'm going to take my family out to eat or I'm going to take them on a day trip or whatever, just like a little bit of money. It's not mm-hmm. a whole lot of money, but a little money, money, a little bit of money that's set aside that is just permission to just blow it and do whatever we need to, to kind of reset, mm-hmm. especially when the budget starts to feel restricted, restrictive, but also too, is to have goals on every single year or month. If you need to have goals set in place. So then that way, you know why it is that you're actually doing this because it does get monotonous and boring after a while to just keep making the budget. And it's the same thing over and over and over again. But when you have a real goal that you're working towards and you're tracking that goal, whether it's a savings goal, a debt payoff goal, even if it's to save for like some really big, crazy, exclusive vacation, you know, whatever your goal is, have it set in place and that will give you your, um, that'll give you the motivation in order to keep budgeting and to keep going whenever things are tough. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's so easy, you know, just walking through like day-to-day life in comparison. But I sometimes feel like when we follow a lot of accounts of people who are debt-free, it's really easy to look at their life and how colorful and vibrant it is. And one of the things that I've loved about you, your life is colorful and vibrant. But you're also very honest. Like I remember one time you talked about going on a vacation to the mountains and it being completely paid for. So like there was a time when this would have broken us. And I feel like yes. I always resonate that with that honesty, even now that we're debt free. I know that so many people have resonate with that honesty too. But I wanted to ask you a question about your book. At any point when writing, did you feel like, oh, I don't know if I want to share this? Uh, yes, so there's there's a uh, quite a few uh, stories in there that um, I haven't really talked about mm-hmm. online because I've shared a lot online um, throughout the many years I've been online. Um, and some of the stories I, I maybe shared online but very vaguely, um, but some of the stories were not 
at all, even in, um, that I've never, I've never even shared online before, um, simply because of the fact that, well, they're kind of shameful and I kind of felt like, well, no, I can't share these because, you know, then that makes me kind of look bad. Like, are people going to, you know, what are people going to think that I made this mistake? You know, I'm sitting here telling people to live debt free and, you know, how to manage their money. But here it is like, this is one of those moments where I failed really, really big, even though I knew, even though I knew better. But it's important to share those stories when we feel like we are supposed to, because there's so much shame rooted in money. You know, we're taught from an early age that polite people don't talk about money and we consider money mistakes to be a moral failing. Absolutely. Yeah, so I did a Q&A session and one of the questions that kept coming up, how do I, you know, how do I budget for, you know, extended family members gifts or how do I, how do I tell them that I don't have the money to pay for this? Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it weighs on a lot of people because a lot of people are really scared to have to tell their family, like, like, hey, I, I can't buy for my 15 nieces and nephews this year. Like, I just don't have the money to do so. And, you know, and so that shame is deeply rooted. And I think that we need to to come to terms with that and call it out for what it is, because mm -hmm. it is a shame that we're ho holding on to. And it's a lie. It's a lie that we're telling ourselves. And I think that we have to um, just be honest enough with ourselves to recognize when we're telling those lies and to start speaking truth into our life. Amen. Jesse showed up to church today. <laughs> <laughs> So what is like, what is one piece of advice that you would give? Because I, I heard someone say this today that guilt is a schoolyard bully that shows up to harass moms. So what is like so true. One, That's good. <laughs> one piece of advice that you would give to a mom dealing with financial guilt? You have nothing to be ashamed of. You have nothing to feel guilty about because, you know, what you do for your family, it's going to look different than what your mom did for your family growing up, what your sister's doing, what your best friend is doing for her family. It's going to look different. So don't compare what you're doing financially or how you help your family financially to how your best friend does. If your best friend is, you know, a CEO of a multi-billion dollar company and you're a stay-at-home mom, don't sit there and make that comparison because what she's doing to bring money or to, to help her family financially is different than what you're doing. Because even being a stay-at-home mom, you help your family mm -hmm. financially by obviously one, you know, child care, but two, by stretching the budget, by, you know, helping to, to find the deals to be able to help lower your grocery budget because with inflation right now, that's really hard, mm -hmm. but that's something you're doing and you're contributing to your family financially by doing those things and doing those legs that leg work. It just always doesn't translate to an income number. And honestly, a lot of times we're very obsessed with those income yeah. numbers versus what all the ins and outs and nuances that managing our money well actually entails. Exactly. I think, I don't know if it was you or if it was Carly from Debt Free Mom that said, every time you do something to save yourself money, you're giving yourself a raise. Every time yes, you, and I actually, I think, I think that was Carly that said that, yeah. You give your family a raise by, you know, managing that money wisely. And I wish another thing more people would realize because it's so easy to surface level compare, but you don't know what's going on in someone else's home. You, it's easy to look at someone and think, well, why are they so much further ahead with money? How much money could they possibly be making? What am I doing wrong? And you don't know. They could have received an inheritance. They could make a lot more than you. They could be in a lot more debt than you. We never know what's going on in someone's pocketbook. We don't need to judge others. We don't need to judge ourselves. It goes in both directions. Yes. Things that we don't see. And so we don't, we don't need to judge others. And we don't need to judge ourselves for things that we've done in the past 
We're all- Absolutely. And, you know, and those, those judgments come back up too with mm-hmm. our own selves. Like, you know, cause I mean, whether it's money related or not, there's always those past things that we've said or done or whatever it is. And that they sometimes will just like creep up on you out of nowhere. And it's like, Oh, Whoa. Hey, hi, hi, Whoa. You're back. Okay. Where can we find you online? I am on social media at Jesse Fearon, and my website is jessiefearon.com. You can actually sign up for my email list. I send out a dedicated email on Fridays that is devoted to trying to help you live with more intention um, and to obviously get better with your finances as well. Now, tell us a little bit about the book writing process. Uh, what made you want to write this book? I wanted to, I, I wanted to not only share my family's story because, mm-hmm. um, you know, sharing my family's story, I feel like is hopefully going to reach that average person because like I said, my husband was only making $47,000 a year, but we were able to pay off our mortgage and over $55,000 of consumer debt while growing our family. And so my hope is that my story will motivate other families to, to try to take that, that hard step forward. But my other goal with that was not just to share my story with you, but to actually give you practical help and guidance and actually making those steps necessary that you need to take for your own family. Well, because it, personal finance is personal. And so what, what it's going to look like for you is going to be different than what it was for my family. Well, what I loved about it is that you didn't just tell your story. You actually gave manageable, practical tips that a person can use. So you were like, here's what I did. Now go do this. <laughs> and I liked that. Like the, I need someone to be like, first you're going to do A, B, and C. And then you're going to do this. And like, I need... A guide. And that's what getting good with money is. It's a really well put together guide that I think a lot of families are going to relate to. So good job. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Well, thank you for being here. I know you're busy and you're like me. You've got a lot of kiddos in the background, but we appreciate you taking the time. Um, So thank you. Well, thank you for having me. And thank you, every single one of you who is listening today. Thank you for hanging out with us. I hope that you got some really good information out of that that you can use moving forward, letting go of guilt, letting go of shame, and just doing things your own way. Thank you for being here. Thank you to every single one of you who has left a review of this podcast. That is how people find the show, and we get to spread this message of hope and endurance and becoming debt-free. So I would love it if you have not left a review, if you would just swipe over the artwork wherever it is you're listening, leave a review, share this with a friend. Thank you so much, and I'll talk to you soon.